It is Tuesday, October 27th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Week 8 Waiver Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, for this one is Adam Krautwurst. And Adam, we're just about halfway through the season, the fantasy season especially, and there are still some guys left on waivers. There are a lot of running back injury situations to look at this week, some wide receiver injury situations, and even a tight end appendectomy that changed up scoring this past week. So we've still got a good number of guys to get through, but it's kind of a changing waiver picture at this point where you're far less likely to find guys that are going to maybe win you a league. We're looking more toward like fixes for a week or two. And I don't know, it feels like it kind of changes how you spend at this point, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, So there's not a lot of long-term stashes left. It's more kind of week to week. So if you can grab a quarterback that can win you a week, or if you can grab a, well, not necessarily win you a week, but a quarterback that can do significantly better than the quarterback that you have, or if you can grab a running back off waivers uh, due to injury for a week who can pop in 15 to 20 points for you. Um, those are kind of the things that we're looking at now, less long-term. And now everyone's kind of, you know, some leagues you're completely out of it. Other leagues you're, you're, you're poised and you're trying to plan for, for the playoff run. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking for. We're, we're, we're picking up guys for one to two weeks at a, at a time and um, and really looking at strength of schedule because now we have a little bit better of a picture of strength of schedule of what defenses are, are we're willing to attack, what defenses we kind of want to stay away from. So, um, And then obviously the injuries are coming into effect here too where sometimes we just have to grab whatever we can find off waivers. And if you're not in position of needing somebody, needing to add a player for this upcoming week, you know, this past weekend also kind of reminded us of the value of stashing back of running backs, even for a situation where they're absolutely no value right now. It takes one calf injury in practice to all of a sudden push the back up into a starting role and into big production that week. So we'll talk about some guys that don't have value at the moment could with one bad play to the starter in front of them this weekend. Let's start with quarterback, though, because for streamers, for guys who have lost a quarterback to injury, there is some intrigue out there on the market. Who do you like at quarterback this week heading into week eight? Yeah, so we usually don't spend a lot of time on quarterbacks, but I get, but you know, here we are in the season where we've we've lost some to injury. You know, you got Dak that's out, um, and then people who had fits who were kind of riding that hot hand there. You know, they were probably streaming fits with, with another quarterback, but you know, you lost Dak, you lost Fitz. And then this week we got Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees all have kind of tough matchups this week. So if you're in the race to try to get into the playoffs or the main event or even football guys, there's some guys you might want to pick up. So one of them is Teddy Bridgewater. He's still available out there. Again, he's a guy that we've recommended in, in the past. Um, he's a guy that kind of goes on and off waivers for streaming purposes. But um, you know, he had another great outing last week. Or not great, but solid, solid outing. He gets hits the Falcons' defense this week, so he's a nice spot start. He already beat them for 313 yards and two scores earlier in the year. So, um, if you have a Dak or you know whatever that the quarterback situation there was, if you have any of any of those guys um, or Fitz, he's certainly worth p- picking up. I'd spend about five percent. Really depends on what, like how much you have left. So some people have like you know only have 10 bucks left for, for, for the season. So, um, and other people have, have saved their bid dollars. Some people have 900, a thousand or whatever. So it really depends on what you're comfortable spending. Uh, but I'd spend f- 5% to grab a, you know, to grab a streamer like, like Teddy for the week. If you are looking for a rest of the season fix at quarterback, if you're even just like, if you have somebody you've been using and, and you're not sure whether they're going to hold you over for the rest of the season, 
get Derek Carr. I've been talking about him for a couple of weeks. Yep. I've been trying to talk Kevin and Jared into moving him up the rankings for several weeks now. They are not listening to me. At <laughs> this point, Derek Carr on the Draft Shark Strength of Schedule page has the fourth most friendliest, most friendliest, yes. the fourth most friendly quarterback schedule <laughs> the rest of the season. And the only three quarterbacks ahead of him are Daniel Jones, who you don't want anywhere near your fantasy or your real team. Baker Mayfield, who still has his bye in week nine. Carson Wentz, who still has his bye in week nine. Carson Wentz is good. He's not on the market. So we're only looking at three quarterbacks here competing for that spot. It's Derek Carr. His bye is gone. And his schedule just got better because his worst remaining matchup just happened. It was against Tampa Bay, and he delivered in it. He had a good yeah. game even against the Bucs. Even the interception that Derek Carr threw in that game bounced off his receiver's hands late in the fourth quarter. The guy has been excellent for weeks now. He went to Kansas City and dominated a defense that had been good against the pass so far. Again, he put up numbers against the Bucs, who had just shut down Aaron Rodgers the week before. So get Derek Carr. You're going to think he's a streamer, but then he's going to be starting for you the rest of the way. And by the end of the year, you're going to be like, holy crap, Derek Carr is the number seven quarterback in fantasy, and he just helped me win a title. Yeah, the only thing I will say is, I, I do agree with you, is that the hardest part of his schedule is the fantasy playoffs. So he gets Indy week 14, uh, the Chargers week 15, which is an easy matchup, and then he gets the Dolphins. I know we don't believe that the Dolphins are a tough matchup for quarterbacks, but you know statistically that they, they are. So, But I do agree with you. He's got three great matchups coming up, Cleveland, the Chargers, and Denver. So certainly pick him up. You can ride with him this week. I mean, Cleveland's a terrible pass defense for, for quarterbacks. So I would, yeah, certainly pick him up. He was, he was next on, on the list. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that you know right now Indy looks like a bad matchup. We'll see what they look like when we get to that point because the last time we saw them – they gave up a whole lot of yards and points to the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, Miami, as you said, I'm not sure we trust the numbers on them, on them yet, but we'll see where we are at week 16. So go ahead with Derek Carr now. We got one more quarterback before we leave this position. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, just to me, is just, just a straight spot start this week. He gets the horrible Seattle defense week week eight. So if you got to, if you, if you have, again, uh, if you don't trust Josh Allen against the Patriots or Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, pick him up. Don't don't spend a ton to get him because you're probably only going to start him one, one week. Put him in there against the Seahawks and then drop him next week for, for somebody else. Yeah, I agree with that. Throw a few bucks at him uh, if you need a spot starter. Don't consider him a, a solution beyond that. After Seattle, let's see, he's got Green Bay. So that's an okay matchup at New Orleans. It could be a solid matchup after that, but then the bye coming up. So I think at most you're looking at a three-week um, guy for your roster. So as yeah. I said, don't spend too much on Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Over to running back, though, we'll start with the 49ers as well. And it's a situation that's probably not available in FFPC or football guys leagues. But, you know, we've talked about Tevin Coleman for several weeks. Now the situation is even more open to him. Raheem Mostert was already on IR. Then they lost Jeff Wilson this past week when he was the latest running wild on the Patriots who <laughs> simply fallen completely apart and i'm sure as a bills fan you hate to watch that so <laughs> i mean basically if you find a piece of this backfield available you're buying it right yeah we've, we've been telling guys for the last two or three weeks to just grab any piece of this backfield that you guys can get your hands on so now i think they're pretty much all, all gone um last week so you know hasty and uh, hasty and coleman are the guys kind of there now um, obviously mckinnon's going to get most of the work but as far as being oh. able to but mckinnon's been on rosters forever uh, since week week one. So um, Hasty uh, and Coleman are the guys that you could look to add, um, but I don't think they're available anywhere. 
um, especially after, you know, guys having to pick them up late last week. So, um, but look for him for, for, for sure. If you, if you can add him, I actually, hit, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy who's been holding on to Jeff Wilson for weeks and weeks and weeks waiting for Sunday to happen. And I have him in 12 fo- uh, football guys or main event leagues. And I started him in one <laughs> and he went absolutely bananas. And I just hate myself sometimes it's just awful it's one of those things where like so wilson's going nuts i'm like i know i have him but i'm in so many leagues i don't know where i started oh, yeah. so i search him you know in the ffpc's like like what you know my my roster and i just been looking and it's just didn't start him didn't start him didn't start. oh my god i started him in one league it's awful but uh but yeah pick up if, if any of those guys are available pick them up stash them we've been screaming at you guys to uh, to any running backs any handcuffs any stashable players grab them and stash them and uh and cross your fingers so uh hopefully one of those guys is, is available for you and i mean at least in this case there are lots of times you can be like that was stupid i can't believe i didn't play that guy in this case nobody was talking about him heading in jeff wilson had an injury that had him questionable he of course did play the game and he had been the guy ahead of michael hasty before the injury so there was reason to believe he was in there but it's not like everybody was saying as long as jeff wilson's good He's the guy. None of us had any idea who was getting the ball. And Jarek McKinnon, after two weeks of looking like the lead back, Kyle Shanahan's like, oh, crap, we almost broke Jarek McKinnon. We got to start giving him the ball five times a game now. So I'm personally scared to play Jarek McKinnon this week. I have no idea how many times he's going to get the ball. I I could see anything between 16 touches and four touches in this game, and, and I wouldn't be shocked. So. I mean, we'll see how this backfield works. For me, my favorite piece at this point is Tevin Coleman. I yeah. hope I have him. And if you find him available anywhere, you add him. He's available in like 83% of ESPN leagues. Uh, Jamichael Hasty is still available in more than 90%. So, you know, I know in, in high stakes leagues, those guys are owned. But wherever you do play, if you find Coleman or Hasty out on the wire, go ahead and add him and see what happens. Yeah, Coleman for sure. If Coleman's active this week, he could be in that Jeff Wilson role from from last week and 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 hit, hit three touchdowns for you. So, yeah, if you if you've got him and you need you know and you got a spot for him and he's active, you might want to look look at starting him. Seattle's got its own goofy running back situation this week. Not only was Chris Carson down with a mid foot sprain in that game against Arizona, Carlos Hyde's got a hamstring that tightened up. Uh, so we'll see exactly what that means. Travis Homer's got a knee contusion. So they've they've all got injury situations, not the kind of injuries where we know what's up. We're going to have to watch the practice participation this week. And, of course, that makes things even more difficult to read because we're going to have to make waiver decisions maybe before we know whether some of these guys are practicing. We'll at least get the Wednesday reports. But, you know, we'll watch those. But, Adam, kind of like in San Francisco, we're basically – buying any of these pieces if you have a spot to throw a Seahawks running back, right? Yeah, exactly. So this is the type of same situation. Get some pieces of this uh, this running game. Now, I did read somewhere that Chris Carson is, is going to be back sooner rather than later. So I'm thinking they might – I mean, I have no idea, but I'm thinking they might rest him in a tough matchup this week against the, the Niners and then bring him back. But they get the Bills uh, week eight, and the Bills' rush defense is horrible, absolutely horrible. So – Start any any running that you have on your roster. I mean, P. Ryan for the Jets scored against against the Bills. So, um, yeah, if you can get pick up these pieces, and then if if somehow Carson 
plays this week and re-injures it, or if he just isn't back for the Bills game, you're gonna you're you're gonna be loving life. So, and of course, it's all about timing, right? In the, in the main event and waivers, because you can only hold on to these guys for so long. And I just I looked, and Carlos Hyde was dropped in 36 main event leagues over this last week, and these people, you know, people got to be kicking themselves, you know, for doing this. It's, yeah, they probably held him for you know seven weeks. Then they finally decided to drop him, and now he has a chance. But uh, he was dropped in 36 leagues. DJ Dallas was dropped in 14 leagues, and Travis Homer was dropped in 20 leagues over the le- uh, this last waiver period. So those guys are going to be available. I would target Hyde first. You know, a tight hammy is so vague. Like he might be, he might be just fine. And if he's fine, again, it's it's, it's the Niners. You're not you're not loving that. But if he can, you can get one of these guys going against the Bills week eight. I think you're going to be really happy. I mean, a, a healthy hide could be startable alongside Chris Carson in some games if you're in a tough enough running back situation. So I certainly agree with stashing him. Uh, it, it's definitely situations to watch. And all those drops, you know, just remind you that you might think, oh, Carlos Hyde, he's been owned all season in my league. Make sure you check because this season especially, we've all had tough spots where we had to drop somebody that we didn't want to drop. And there are going to be guys available in a lot of leagues that you didn't expect to be. So if you don't need somebody for this week, one more name to remember is Rashad Penny. He's, I don't know when he's coming off IR yet, but they're expecting to come back at some point, not not IR, but the PUP. Yeah. Uh, So at some point Rashad Penny is expected to be active. And I mean, you know, if you stash him and then drop him in a few weeks because you have to, then it's going to be a pain if he does something after that, but it's not the end of the world. And if you stash him and he doesn't end up playing and spends the entire season out, then, oh, well, that happens. But if you get him and he does happen to play some kind of role over the final four weeks of the season, then, you know, it could be an asset there. Yep. Other situations in Houston, Duke Johnson might be available in some leagues. Again, we talked about guys being uh, dumped. Duke Johnson played a decent-sized role against Green Bay the other day, and he's just a David Johnson injury away from being a lead back in Houston. Yeah, you know, I've been a – I think everyone's pretty much a Duke Johnson fan. You're right. Duke Johnson is a great example of a player that can be, you know, last year's Kenyon Drake or something where he gets an opportunity late in the year and does really, really well with it. You know, David Johnson has, he has performed on the stat sheet. He hasn't looked great doing it. Um, He doesn't look explosive. I mean, he's never looked explosive, but uh, they're not forcing him the ball. He does get, you know, he is getting touches around the five yard line around the goal line. So that's kind of what kept him going. But, but yeah, do, you know, they're an injury away from an injury kind of plagued running back in David Johnson from Duke Johnson getting some runs. So Duke Johnson's a good example of one of these running backs that you really want to stash now because he can make a big difference down the road. Yeah, and you know there are lots of teams that need somebody, and the the first inclination is going to be to go after somebody who has immediate value. But if you don't need somebody right away, there's more value to Duke Johnson than there is to like Travis Homer. Travis Homer needs sure. a couple of guys to be injured in Seattle, and even then, I don't know how many times he's touching the ball. Whereas if Duke Johnson goes down. I mean, if David Johnson goes down, Duke Johnson's the starter and probably uh, an 18-touch guy right away in Houston. I think everybody except the guys that coach Duke Johnson are big fans of him. So maybe he's just a gigantic jerk in real life. Yeah, and again, I I don't think he's available in a lot lot of main event leagues, but if if he has, uh, definitely put him on your stash him. Who else do you think kind of in that stash group it, it might be available? Yeah, so but a lot of these guys aren't available either. But Benny Snell, if he's available, grab him. He's you know a James Conner injury away, and even you know he's scored the last two weeks, so um, he has some flex emergency appeal. Um, in fact, I have him in a league in a main event league, and uh, this past week, and and I needed I have De- I had Delvin Cook and Aaron Jones, and both of them were kind of. 
Um, well, Delvico was on the bye, and Aaron Jones was kind of a last-second scratch, and I had no other running backs. So on waivers Sunday morning, I picked up Travion Williams, like a dummy, uh, and started him over Benny Snell. Um, <laughs> and now Snell only got like the touchdown, essentially, but mm-hmm. and I ended up winning the game. But it's one of those things where Snell can be an emergency kind of start for you and in, in, in banging a touchdown or a couple of catches. And if Connor goes down, which he hasn't really gone down yet, he hasn't gone down for his normal two to three game stretch. Um, Benny Snell will be a great pickup. Brian Hill in Atlanta, probably even more so than Duke Johnson or Benny Snell. Looks like a guy who could be dropped in leagues where he was owned because there were a couple of weeks where it looked like he might be stealing work from Todd Gurley, especially in the receiving area. But then that's tailed back off over the past two weeks where Todd Gurley has reclaimed that receiving role, has actually produced in it. So, you know, maybe Brian Hill be in that category where he got dropped in those leagues where somebody needed fill-ins. Maybe they had players in those late COVID games in a couple of weeks and had to drop Brian Hill to get them. So check to see if he's available because he's a Todd Gurley injury away from really a high value spot uh, in that Atlanta offense now that everybody's healthy again. And then one more that's probably a lot more likely to be available is Divino Zigbo. And we still don't really know if he's capable of doing anything in the NFL. He might be nothing. He might turn into absolutely nothing, but he's 3% rostered on ESPN. And James Robinson is the lead back controlling everything in Jacksonville. And he's currently the number two PPR back in fantasy. So we thought coming into the season that James Robinson, actually, most of us probably came into the season not knowing who James Robinson was, if we're being honest. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for Divina Zigbo to at least be, you know, some portion of James Robinson should Robinson go down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know much about Divina Zigbo either, but yeah, he's another guy that if given the opportunity, maybe he can, you know, do, you know, 80% of what James Robinson has been, been doing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one there too. And then one, one last one too that I saw was Royce Freeman's available everywhere. Uh, and Philip Lindsay's in the concussion protocol. So that might be a guy you can scoop up. Um, you know, now he does have the chargers this week, which is not a good matchup for, for running backs. Uh, but then he's got the Falcons the following week. So maybe, uh, maybe he gets some, so some carries there um, and gets some work again. He'll be, he'll be the handcuff um, and, and probably get some work. I don't know if he's worth a flex start, an emergency flex start, but he's certainly worth having um, if, if he's the backup there in, in, in Denver. Over at wide receiver, I think a few guys that aren't available most likely in the high stakes leagues, but are worth checking for Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers, Sterling Shepard for the Giants, Corey Davis for the Titans, and then Randall Cobb for Houston. You know, owned at various levels. Sterling Shepard just came back off the injury, proved that he's still a central piece of the Giants passing game, even though it's a garbage passing game that's right. going to down most times. Sterling Shepard's basically the most consistent member of that passing game. So he's worth having around. And Brandon Ayuk is the number one wide receiver in San Francisco for at least the next week, maybe two with Debo Samuel out. So again, check for those guys. Corey Davis is somebody who might've been dropped while he was on the COVID list. And Randall Cobb is the least owned among those four you know, in leagues overall and just had a big day against Green Bay. Yeah. Randall Cobb is, is the, he's actually available in a couple main event leagues. So yeah, ch- check on Randall Cobb. He's a nice, I mean, he's, he's going on a buy too. So you might even, some people might even drop him going into the buy uh, just to make space for somebody else. So keep an eye on Randall Cobb for sure. You know, they seem to be uh, working him into the offense. He's, he's re- reliable. He's been getting goal line, uh, or targets in, inside the 20 in the end zone. So yeah, definitely. He's definitely worth, worth rostering. He's kind of like a Cole Beasley type player. Cole Beasley isn't, isn't available either, but you know, he's that, that slot guy that's the, that's reliable. Yeah. And Houston, although William Fuller is William, I keep doing I love that. It. 
I think it's because William Fuller used to play for the Eagles. Either that or because I just respect him so much for playing. Just a bougie Will Fuller, that's right. Anyway, Will Fuller might be the clear number one, but that's an offense where they spread it around a pretty good bit. And it's a team that's been worse than I think anybody really expected it to be, so they're going to be trailing a lot. So as you mentioned, I mean, the buy makes them even a good stash because if you do have a spot to mess with, after that week eight by, they get Jacksonville, they get Cleveland. So that's a couple of pretty good spots um, for passing upside. So I think look at, at Randall Cobb if you got a spot to play with. Beyond that, we had some guys who emerged in week seven. Who tops that list for you, Adam? Yeah, Rashard Higgins. So uh, he's been in Cleveland for a couple of years. You know, he's got a rapport with Baker. You know, OBJ's done for the year. So Higgins, you know, showed out there. He cut all six of his targets for 100 yards. Um, and he gets a good matchup this week against against the Raiders, so you can you can snatch him up if you need need to start him uh, against the Raiders and see see how he does. Um, you know, I think I think he's got a good sh- chance to. And it's amazing how like Beckham goes down right, and all of a sudden Baker's just <laughs> having the best game of his of of his of his uh, year. You know, it's just it's amazing how that happens. A lot of times, you know, you get these talented receivers are just such a such a dark cloud in the huddle. You know, and it makes the quarterback second guess himself. It makes him force it to somebody know that he doesn't want to or whatever um you know i mean i'm a i'm a flag football quarterback so i know exactly how <laughs> that goes you know what i mean but yeah so higgins is Higgins looks good they're gonna they're gonna be passing um they're gonna be in these shootouts so uh if he's the number two there i mean he might even be the number one as far as fantasy wise i mean jarvis landry just can't he's consistently getting you know six catches five catches for you know 50 60 yards but that's not you know that's not a uh, a ton of production. So Higgins, Higgins could leapfrog Landry as far as fantasy production is concerned. Yeah. And I mean, even if he doesn't leapfrog him, I mean, they're at least in the spot where they could jockey back and forth. Jarvis Landry has been playing the season as though he, his hip is not 100%. A lot of it is that he hasn't scored any touchdowns, but overall his production is definitely down from last year. So I think Rashad Higgins is the one guy on this list that I think could turn into at least a, a weekly starter consideration the rest of the way, depending on how things go. You know, we'll see about the the addition by subtraction angle. They were playing the Bengals. So it could just be that sure. we got Baker Mayfield kind of unlocked in the perfect situation where Joe Burrow was scoring a bunch of points on the other side. So it was the shootout and, you know, a weak defense and he didn't need to force the ball to back him. I'll be very curious to see how things go beyond that. Nelson Aguilar, I know that there are going to be plenty of people interested in him this week. I, I don't believe a whole lot in him, and maybe it's just the Eagles fan bias in me. Every time you know I'm watching Red Zone or whatever, I feel like Aguilar's always putting up scores or touchdowns or having big games. You know, he's scored at least 14 fantasy points uh, and a touchdown in each of his last three games. You know, he played against. He had a big long touchdown against the Bills, called back in week three or something, three or four. Um, so he's, he's been, been performing for them, you know? So again, if you need a, a bi-week fill-in or if, again, if you lost, if you lost Odell Beckham, you know, you're going to want to look at Rashard Higgins and, you know, kind of back to Rashard real quick. You might want to put in a, a 15% bid to get, to, to get him. Cause he could certainly be, be worth it, especially if you had Odell Beckham. Um, but, um, but yeah, Aguilar, He's just I, he's he's been available in all these leagues, and everyone just kind of thinks the same thing I do. Looking at him, it's like ah, it's Nelson Aguilar, but you know he's got a rapport with Carr, and you know if the Raiders have such a great uh, schedule uh, for passing, like um, like we said for Derek Carr earlier, you know Aguilar might be might be worth a, a spot start for you. Yeah, I think if you're picking up somebody this week, I'd be willing to give 
you know, 10% for Nelson Aguilar where you're not going to lose a whole lot if he proves that he's not doing anything. I do think that he's a trap. I mean, he's he's scored touchdowns in three straight games, so it makes it look like he's putting up big stuff. But week seven was the first time that Aguilar all season has topped four targets. He had five for 107 and a touchdown against the Bucks. You know, just like for Derek Carr, that's delivering in a terrible matchup and probably the worst matchup the worst individual matchup that he's going to have the rest of the way. So, you know, maybe it was a breakout game. You can always take a a shot on that being the case, but even including that game for the season. Now, Nelson Aguilar is averaging 3.3 targets, 2.5 catches, 48.7 yards per game for the season. So again, I'm going to need to see more from Aguilar to believe that he's breaking out. But, you know, if you've got the spot to play with and he is the best option available, you know, take a shot as long as you're not losing anything. Keep in mind, Henry Ruggs just cracked 70% playing time for the first game of the season. Brian Edwards is still on the way back. You know, we'll see whether Brian Edwards passes Nelson Aguilar. Maybe Nelson Aguilar will work ahead of Brian Edwards, who is a rookie. I mean, we we all like the talent on Brian Edwards, but he's a third-round rookie. Maybe he's going to need some development time. He has faced some injuries this year, so that could uh, set him back a little bit. So again, if you have, if you can put a little investment into Aguilar, stash him on the roster, consider him when you need him. I'm fine with that. Yeah, for sure. And then one more wide receiver on the list. Yeah, uh, I just have to Tyler Johnson down. So Godwin's ruled out for week eight. This is probably just a one week pickup if, if you're looking to get him because Antonio Brown will be coming to town soon. He just signed today. So Godwin's ruled out for week eight, and he's got the Giants um, on Monday Night Football. So the last time got Godwin missed. Uh, time Tyler Johnson had a pretty good game. He scored, and I think that was on primetime too. So if you're if you had to decide between Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller for this matchup, I would probably choose Tyler Johnson. I think Scotty Miller does better when Mike Evans and Godwin are both there. Um, but when like like I said, the last time Godwin missed, Tyler Johnson was was the guy. And I think Scotty Miller was shut out in that game. So um so yeah, if you if you if you have a shot, if you need again, if you lost Beckham. If you got some other receivers that, that are hurt, um, put a small bid in on Ty- Tyler Johnson. Everyone else is probably going to be looking at Scotty Miller, so you can put a little bid in on, on him. He's not a you know it's, he's not a comfortable start, but by any means, but he's more of like an emergency. You know, if you have Chris Godwin or something, obviously, and uh, he just looks good too. Like in that that le- he scored l- last week, and then you know in the week that Godwin missed, he looked explosive. He looked, um, you know, you you guys were on a mat. You you loved him coming out of college. So, and I think we brought up Tyler Johnson on the on the show a couple weeks ago. So you you've, you've probably dropped him since then. But uh, but this might be a nice week to pick him up for a spot start against the Giants. He's somebody that should definitely be rostered in dynasty leagues on FFPC right now. Six one and two targets over the past three games. So he's I, I'm not sure he's startable for most teams yet but if you are in the position where you're just kind of reaching for somebody who can give you something I know Scotty Miller was playing through injuries and was in and out of the lineup and even when he was in game sometimes was kind of invisible so I think that played into that some Tyler Johnson scored a couple of short yardage TDs I agree I definitely like the player I like the talent and I mean in the Tampa Bay offense right now they're kind of playing in a way that anybody could score at any given point. So you certainly could just kind of trap a touchdown there. So I think Tyler Johnson's an option. If you're reaching, I wouldn't expect too much from him in redraft at this point. The real question is why the hell is Scotty Miller getting targets over Mike Evans? Okay. That's the, that's the the question. Like, what is going on? Why is Leonard Fournette getting targets over Mike Evans? It's it's ridiculous. I mean, I guess Mike Evans needs to OBJ it a little bit more with the Bucks and start crying for the ball. 
Well, you know, so I'm, I'm obviously I have Mike Evans everywhere, and I was watching it just with my jaw dropping. Like, why is Mike Evans not getting the ball? And you could tell he was visibly upset at the kind of the end of that game, even though they were winning. And I think he only had like one or two catches. But I'm telling you, this is going to be Mike Evans week. Okay, Godwin's out. He's he's. I think he's going to be the squeaky wheel. I think he's going to get the oil this this week on prime time against the Giants. I think he's going to light them up. So, not that you were going to bench Mike Evans, but count. I would count on. I'm not not a DFS guy, but slide him into those DFS lineups. All right. Thank goodness for me that it's a Monday night game, so I don't have to make that decision on the DFS main slate because I'm a little bit worried about the matchup with James Bradbury. But like you said, if you're, I mean, if it's a regular redraft league, you're starting Mike Evans. It's a good spot. He's done much better in games that did not include Chris Godwin this year. Let's hope. Fingers crossed for those of us that are putting Mike Evans into lineups this week. That's right. I mean, you're rocking him in the DS Invitational. I mean, he's he's going to carry you this this week for sure. Yeah, although Justin Herbert's my boy there now that that's, <laughs> that's right. You, you look like the quarterback whisperer in the DS invitation <laughs> this year. You got them all. That's right. Over at tight end, a guy that we forgot to mention on this show last week, but then kind of tossed him in on Twitter afterward. Richard Rogers for the yeah. Eagles came out and caught six balls in that game, in that Thursday night win over the Giants. Is he available anywhere in FFPC or football guys leagues at this point, Adam? Uh, he is actually so because a lot of guys weren't on him, and I think were they the Thursday night game? Yeah, yeah. So guys on Wednesday it didn't grab him, and then after he played, he wasn't available, so uh, he wasn't able to be to be picked up. So yeah, he's he's definitely available. Go out and pick him up um, as long as Goddard and Ertz are out. And that just shows you, you know, those of us who kind of drafted Ertz and we're like kind of holding on to hope that Ertz. That just shows you Ertz is dust because Rogers goes out there. And he looked, he looked what, what, what we wanted Ertz to look like. Right. So, um, and he's Richard Rogers. Like he hasn't been, you know, anything special in his career. So, um, so yeah, pick up Rogers tight end premium league, obviously, you know, there's injuries and there's disappointments all over the tight end landscape. So, I mean, I would start Richard Rogers over like Tyler Higby. I can't believe I'm saying that, but you know, he's, he showed, he, he, he was getting the targets, you know, he had six for 85, uh, which is great. Uh, and this this tight end premium. So pick up Richard Rogers where, where he's available. And he's a guy to be willing to spend some money on. Do you know when um, Dallas Goddard's supposed to come back? I mean, he could be back after the week nine by for week 10. We don't know for okay. sure, but that's, they're looking at that as a possibility. Gotcha. Yeah. So you might only get one you know, rock solid week out of him, but if you need him, go, go, go grab him. But we've also seen the Eagles support two tight ends. And I, sure. agree. I don't think that Richard yeah. Rogers is going to, Perform to the level that, you know, Dallas Goddard did last year as the number two tight end, but he could at least stay in the relevant category, you know, especially compared to what most of the tight end position looks like right now. And, you know, if Dallas Goddard's not ready in week 10, maybe you sneak a few more weeks out of Richard Rodgers. The big issue in Philly is that all, there are so many guys that are still not healthy at this point. It's Travis Fulgham and Richard Rodgers as the lead targets right now. I mean, Greg Ward is in the mix too. Boston Scott is the starting running back at the moment. So it's just kind of like that's who's out there. So that's who Carson Wentz has to throw the ball to. And fortunately for you, if you do land Richard Rodgers, Carson Wentz is playing much better now than he was at the beginning of the season. So it's a nice spot, a terrific matchup against the Cowboys this week. So yeah, I would spend up for Richard Rodgers in tight end premium leagues and even outside of tight end premium. We have Richard Rodgers top 10 at tight end across formats for week eight. So if you're just looking for streamers and he's available, I say believe in the numbers last week and go after him this week. It's October 27th. I'm drinking a truly strawberry lemonade. (laughs) I'm talking about Dick Rodgers 
and Travis Fulgham or whatever the heck his name is <laughs> going. It's like, it's, it's insane. The Eagles, the Eagles offense has just been destroyed by injuries, but you know, what makes, you know, it, you know, what heals injuries is the Dallas Cowboys defense. So I think they'll be good to go. Now you sound like you're a character in Boogie Nights drinking strawberry <laughs> lemonade and talking about Dick Rogers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Closing out the tight end category, we've got Harrison Bryant, who was kind of late-breaking news on Sunday when the Browns revealed that they were going to start Harrison Bryant and not David Njoku. I mean, everybody wanted David Njoku to be the beneficiary when um, Austin Hooper had his appendectomy at the end of the week. Right after I finished talking about Austin Hooper on the DFS shows, his appendix is like, wait a second, this is going too well. We're still Browns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get him out of there and here comes Harrison Bryant with a couple of scores and we don't know yet whether Austin Hooper is going to be back for week eight I know and that's the thing so I have Austin Hooper in a couple I have him in like two main event leagues and I got him in a, in a bunch of football guys and he was finally starting to come around and then of course he gets you know the appendectomy we didn't find out till after waivers on Wednesday it might, have, it might have even been Friday or something that we found out yeah. um, so I had to put in a bunch of claims for Harrison Bryant and David Njoku and I lost all the Harrison Bryant claims uh, and now I did get, no, sorry, I was able to slide in Joku into a couple lineups and he scored, thank God. Mm-hmm. But man, I wish I, I wish I could have gotten Harrison Bryant. He looked great. He might be the beneficiary of an Odell Beckham injury. That's the kind of the guy that I think might really take the next step because they like running two tight ends there. Um, Bryant has, he looked good uh, early on in the year. He's kind of had, he's had flashes. And uh, you know, two touchdowns inside the red zone there. I mean, him and him and Hooper might be might be eating once once, once Hooper gets back. So uh, Harrison Bryant is available in, a, in 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 some leagues still. Go grab him, and you know he might be you know he might be a late a late season kind of tight end there that can that can uh, that can win some some games for you. Yeah, we'll see about Austin Hooper's situation. How soon he can return? I have no idea how soon you can go back to playing football after an appendectomy. I mean. Right. I guess it's certainly understandable if his stitches aren't quite ready for week eight, but Harrison Bryant was a nice looking player coming out of college. I'm pretty sure he went to the same school as Devin Singletary, Florida Atlantic and arrived as a wide receiver and is a good looking pass catcher. So wouldn't be shocked if he stays relevant a little bit longer. And as you said, I mean, even after Austin Hooper comes back, there's room now for there to be two viable tight ends in that offense where we're talking about, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones being the pass catchers. Yeah, it's it's just a mess. But you know, it's a lot of years. Some years you get these these late season kind of tight end breakouts. And again, he's gonna, Hooper, Hooper's going to be back. Um, but he might be a Bryant might be a guy that's just too athletic and too good to get off off the field. And he might be their red zone guy. And and um, you know, kind of like Tyler Higby last year had that unbelievable last you know seven weeks out, out of nowhere. That could be Harrison Bryant. Well, there you go. Adam's got Harrison Bryant as this season's Tyler Higby. That's oh. some records late this season. And that's going to do it for this week eight episode of the Waiver Wire podcast. Head over to draftsharks.com now to read our full week eight free agent focus. You can find the IDP version over there as well in case you like to play your fantasy football the whole way. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst. I am at ShoutDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Adam Krautwurst and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shouse saying thanks so much for swimming with us.